Parenting is a daunting task, especially when you start thinking about your own weaknesses. The last thing you want is your children to repeat where you have failed. So, is there a way to help your children lean into the faith and trust Christ and not repeat the areas that you have failed? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Hey, thanks so much for watching our podcast here. I'm so glad that you clicked on this video. Uh, it's going to be so great today with an awesome topic. Uh, if you would, go ahead and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like this video as well. And if you have any thoughts, you can comment down below or you can reach out to us through email. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments about these podcasts. We've got new ones coming out every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. So I'm so glad that you are listening in here today. Yeah. So today we talk about a very relevant subject for... Uh People who have children are raising them, that of mm -hmm. parenting, especially parenting from a biblical perspective. And uh, that whole process can be very rewarding and powerful. Truett and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum yep. right now. Yep. Uh, he's just beginning the process. Yep. Eight month and, old. Yeah, and we have completed that process, all I'm five. the final product. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They've all uh, grown up and left the home and married and having their own children. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, two different perspectives today from one important subject. So it is rewarding when you know that your children have picked up the faith and walked in it and they're walking their own uh, ownership of it and um, they're progressing and doing well. They follow Christ and it's not because you're forcing them. It's not yeah. because you have manipulated them or guilted yeah. or shamed them, but they're choosing on their own to do that. And so that's part of our responsibility as uh, Jesus following parents. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, it's, there's just something about, you know, the person knowing about the faith, knowing mm -hmm. the stories and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's great. That's awesome. You know, yeah. if they do know Bible stories, and all that stuff, but yeah. it's so different whenever there's a walking out. That's the true. Actual truths, real life applied in their own relationships with their friends and with their yeah. very own parent, you know, and that's true. Uh, Cause that's, that's different than just knowing, you know, yeah, it's different stories. than just having some facts and information. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, if you've grown up in the church, most people have the facts and information, but mm -hmm. to internalize that and own that and, um, know that you as a parent passed it off and they picked it up and they, you handed off the faith to them. That's a, that's a powerful moment. And it's really yeah. what every, parent desires, which mm -hmm. you long for. So when you read some of the passages of scripture that deal with parenting, you you get that sense mm -hmm. and it comes with that end in mind. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 7, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. This is written to adults, but then it says, and these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. They shall be your passion, your life. And you shall carefully teach them to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Yeah. So here you have early in the scripture, this push, this responsibility, this encouragement to live out your faith in such a way that it's, it's who you are mm -hmm. and your, your children see it. They don't just hear the commands, mm -hmm. but they see it. They see it, how you walk it out. They see how you, you go to, go to bed with it. You lie mm -hmm. down with it. When you rise up with it, it's, it's, it's a living, breathing part yeah. of your life. 
So when you come to parenting in our day today and you start thinking about, wow, there's so many pressures. I mean, you've got, you've got the culture, you've got technology, you've got political and governmental unrest, you've got attacks on the Christian faith today, not to mention the cost of raising children. All of that starts to play in and it can get overwhelming. And then maybe you've come from a model or a family situation that was a little broken. And all of that together can make the process kind of scary, you know, I mean, difficult. You don't know how to do all of that. And then you add into that your own struggles, your own weaknesses and needs that you have and failures that you've walked in. And then you come up to this place like, man, I don't want my kids to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my kids to walk in the same weaknesses, struggles, and failures. No parent wants that. Yeah. You know, sometimes parents tease and say, well, you, we, you sure got it better than we did when we were kids. You know, we had to, and everybody, every parent and grandparent yeah. tells it differently. Exactly. And walk in the snow, two feet of snow every day, you know. Yeah. Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. When I was growing up, it was stories. This doesn't even apply anymore. Yeah. But it's like, we had to carry a baked potato just to stay warm all day long. And <laughs> that helped ridiculous. us stay warm <laughs> until lunch and like. Eh, okay. Probably not. All right. Whatever. Whatever. So so even though parents or grandparents say those things, they really do. They don't want their their kids or grandkids to have to struggle where they did. Yeah. So I I get all that. And the, the sad thing is that sometimes then as a result, a parent will say, I don't want my kid to fail. So I will never tell them where I failed. There. That means... Hey, logically, they never have multiple failure, I guess. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, right. I guess. Yeah, exactly. You show them how to fail, they'll never They fail. never will, yeah. Easy. They forget that they're born yeah, sinners born, and that they're going to be around other people. And born gonna going be in bad direction, yeah. <laughs> tempted, you know. Yeah. So I, I've heard people say that. I've heard countless people say that, but it never. Makes you feel good. Yeah, there's a sense which a little bit of logic, you think, okay, you know. Yeah. I did some stupid things. I don't want them to figure that out because then they'll do it. Mm. Well, they're probably going to figure out something even worse, you know, if you don't do something different. So, and how much better again, you know, we'll get into it, but how much better would it be to be like, Hey, I've actually walked down this road and it's actually a dead end. Yes. And then they say, Hey, you know what? That's a dead end. (laughs) Shouldn't go down that road. Yeah. So sadly, again, parents conclude, well, I don't want to tell my kids where I failed. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want them to see the parts of my life, so I'm going to keep it a secret. And they even kind of go overboard on the opposite. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get it. There's something about that that seems right. But what happens then is a parent lives out a plastic version of their life, a facade, uh, something that's not real. They're not honest about where they've walked and they put on a front about what their life is and, and this cover over what they've been. And that's that's not healthy anywhere. Nobody wants a, f- a front, a fake, a plastic facade in a relationship. And the thing is, kids have a sense enough to know that mom and dad are not perfect. I mean, they, they get a little older, they kind of realize, okay, Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody perfect. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so something's not right because they're not telling me the truth. So kids have that sense. And um, what happens, sadly, then is kids end up saying, I'm going through something, but I can't dare tell mom and dad because they said they've never been through this. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they were perfect. They didn't have this struggle. Here I have this struggle. Must be something wrong with me. There must be something exactly. weird about me. So I'm not going to tell them. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing you want as a parent for your child to hide away and not tell you what's going on in their life. And so mm-hmm. the child ends up repeating the cycle. They end up doing the same thing the parent did yeah. because the parent said, I don't want them to repeat the same thing I did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It's, it's you know, it's the fulfillment of the thing I fear the most has come upon me. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and, and it happens that way. Exactly. So, out of all of this, we have to conclude. Okay, that can't be the answer. Mm-hmm. Covering my weaknesses and uh, acting like I've got strength where I don't—that can't be the way. And this is where the Bible, of course, speaks to the matter of strengths and weaknesses, and. Apostle Paul in the New Testament lays out a a truth, and it's true not just in regards to Christian faith practices, but for every part of life and how we live out our faith practice. Mm -hmm. So in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, he says, my grace, well, let me back up a little bit. In this moment, Paul has been going through a struggle. Paul has what he calls a thorn in the flesh and we don't know what exactly the thorn is, if Paul was being, um, if he was describing an actual thorn or if it was something that was some other physical problem that was going, mm-hmm. he was going through. Pain. Yeah, some kind of pain was in his life. He called it a thorn in the flesh. And he asked God to remove it, and he does not. And though he asked three times, God does not remove it. And this is God's response to him. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So there's the truth. God shows off his greatest strength when there is honesty and vulnerability about weakness. Mm-hmm. So he's telling Paul, I'm I'm actually going to show myself strong in your life through a weakness that you're going to have. And it is this thorn in the flesh, whatever it is. So Paul, hearing this truth, says this, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So here's this big picture life truth that God does greater things in the areas of our life where we're willing to acknowledge our weakness. It's yep. there that God gives greater strength. Yeah, and again, just reading this this time, uh, he's not saying, hey, when you're weak, actually, I'm just going to make you look super great. It's not <laughs> no. that. It's not like, oh, when you're weak, you're actually just not, and this is so great. Right. But it actually <clears throat> is in your weakness. But he says it's there that I'm going to show my power, my yeah. strength yeah. through you. Yep. So in the in your shortcomings, in all the areas in which you have not and don't succeed in, mm. it's not like I'll just make you get through it. Mm. It's not, but it's you will see me working in that area. Yeah. And my strength will show up in that area. Yeah. And kind of what's baked into all of this is the the reality that. 
this is when you are trusting Christ in that weakness. Exactly. It's not just like, mm-hmm. well, you're going to go through weakness. I'm going to do this yes. uh, haphazardly, spontaneously, or mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. No, it requires great faith in the weakness, intentionality yeah. in the weakness. Yeah. And like everyone knows like, ooh, that's a weakness in my life. And it's like, yes, that right there means that's where God wants to show his strength yeah. through you. Right. Right. Yeah. To others. And, and Paul concludes to the point of, hey, I've, I've got this truth now so so ingrained in me that I'm going to actually boast yeah. in my infirmities. I'm going to play yeah. up. Instead of play up to my strengths, I'm going to play up to my weaknesses. Yeah. I'm going to say, hey, I struggle with this thing right here. So, you know, that that's where, that's where Christ enters in is when we're willing to be vulnerable about our weaknesses. Yeah. Again, now we're talking about a life truth here. We're talking about something that applies in every relational dynamic. You exactly. wanna you wanna see your marriage excel? Guess what? His strength is made perfect in the vulnerability, intentional exposure of your weaknesses to your spouse. Yeah. And I think, you know, even another way to say it is uh, you know, to put words in common day relational speak is hey, this area is where I'm trusting God in. Yeah. You know, in this <clears throat> area of pain. In this area of reconciliation, in this area, you know, of whatever, where, wow, I'm realizing I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. That right there is where we are putting our trust in Christ for this area. Mm-hmm. And it's in that area that it's like, all right, my trust is going in on God saying his strength will show up here, yep. you know? Yep. And that's huge. If you can begin to demonstrate that in yep. every area of, of relationships, then... I mean, I'm telling you. Look yeah, out. it's a principle that applies across the board. It applies. Yeah. Um, it, it it applies at work. Yeah. yeah. It it applies to a supervisor or a manager. Um, what do they tell them? They say, um, "Work out of your strength, but hire toward your weakness." So, mm-hmm. strengthen your weakness. Be honest about it, and hire. Bring on staff to support the areas of your weakness. Um, Bring it over into engineering. Uh, the place of your product that you have designed is only as strong as the weakest point. Mm-hmm. So whatever that weakness is, shore that weakness up and you'll find greater strength there. It's a principle yeah. that applies across the board. So how does all this apply into parenting? Yeah. Let's try to walk Long this stuff. truth across here because truth is truth is truth yeah. is truth. It's not just for Sunday. It's not just for in the Bible. It is for life. It is for lifting up and living out. So how does this apply over into parenting? How do we bring this reality Mm -hmm. that, okay, there are weaknesses that I have. There are weaknesses that my wife and I have. What are we to do about those? Are we to hide those from our children? Or is there actually a way that being honest about those has the power to strengthen my faith and that of my children's faith. So good. Yeah. Is there a way that actually can help break even generational patterns that may be being, I won't say may, that are being passed down yeah. in every family's life? You don't get that by ignoring it. You get that by being honest about it and being vulnerable about it. Yep. So it kind of begs a question there. Is there a way to parent for your weakness. Yeah. Yes, is yeah. the answer. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, let's start then with a truth that may be difficult for everyone to hear. 
And uh, but it's important that we at least have some agreement with this next statement that I'm about to yep. make. Here it is. You grew up in a dysfunctional home. No, I didn't. You don't know my <laughs> Yeah. You may be saying that. Yeah. I know that not because I did background searches on all your lives. That's not yeah. what this is about. Yeah. Um, Some people listening may say understatement of the year right there, you know? Yes. It's Some true. people may be saying, ain't no way. Not my family. You right. don't know my parents. You don't know my siblings. You don't know how. Yeah. We had a good home. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's great. But it's good. <laughs> yeah. I think it, some of it is in definitions of dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So I realize that there's a, a wide spectrum between what we might consider healthy and dysfunctional. And there's a wide spectrum, even within the confines of the term dysfunctional. But if we go with a basic definition of dysfunctional, that means not performing normally or having a malfunctioning part of some mm-hmm. kind, then I think we need to all agree and acknowledge I grew up in a home that was not perfectly functioning yeah. like heaven does. Yeah. And again, if you're saying, well, you don't know my parents. Well, I would say, do you know your parents? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, no one's home functioned just like the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It had, you might've had some great moments in it. You yeah. might've had some great times in it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you would at least acknowledge your parents weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd acknowledge that um, maybe there were some things at times you wondered, what is happening here? Because in reality, you didn't know everything. You didn't know everything that was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that um, even though you thought your home might have been near perfect, um, I bet you your parents would have told you ah, it was not. Yeah. So... This is important to start with. It's important that you actually admit this. I grew up in a dysfunctional home in whatever version or definition of that that you'd want to give that because it's healthy. It's actually yes. right to yes. do. It's not disrespectful. Yeah. You're not being mean. Yeah. You're not insulting your parents. Um, any parent that is being honest with themselves would say, no, you're you're right. Yeah. And again, you know, for people who say, well, that just seems so like disrespectful, like you're saying, to say that my, you know, know that my parents weren't trying their hardest. Like, yes, they, you know, every, mostly every parent tries their hardest to raise their child in the right way. You know, that does not mean that there's no dysfunction, you know? And so I believe it's important for every person who recognizes this and says, okay, my home did have some dysfunction in it. Mm -hmm. And you come to an agreement with that and you say, all right. Doesn't you know? Doesn't mean that I'm a, you know, and there's anything wrong with me in particular. You know, as you know, right. if you're a believer and all this kind of stuff, and like right. you've walked a little bit, you've matured and you've understood like forgiveness and all that stuff. I think right. it's good to uh, take a little bit more time and to recognize this again. Like, man, there were probably some times in your household that you grew up and you were hurt uh, and that you, you know, felt mistreated or whatever it is, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and mm-hmm. that there was dysfunction. I think it's good to. Uh, accept that and then, you know, forgive that area of from your parents uh, to you. You know, right. it's not like you have to just sit and wait around for an apology from your parents, but mm. to say, you know what, they they couldn't be everything for me. 
Right. Because no parent can be, no. you know, no parent can be. Right. And so there, that's the spot in which you need to forgive your parents um, for, you know, whatever dysfunction there may be in the home. And then it allows you to move forward in life as well. That's true. It's powerful when you can apply forgiveness toward that end and, and have some understanding and show some mercy. They, mm-hmm. Most parents, if not all, are trying to do the best that they could with what yeah. they had at the time, with what exactly. they knew, yeah. with what they had, with what they had seen, they were attempting to do what they thought was right. Yeah. Very few parents are saying, I want to mess up my kids. Yeah, I mean, it can happen, I recognize, but most parents are attempting to do the best they can with what they have, but that does not mean it was perfect by any means. So uh, the reason we kind of went in on all this is because it, it leads us to the next place. And if we need to pause for just a moment and kind of work through that and think, okay, wait a minute. Your parent or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I did grow up in a home that had gaps. Mm-hmm. That's important. I did grow up in a home that had some function to it that was not mm-hmm. healthy or that had, it caused me to have to, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if we start here, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. It brings us to place number two, that if you are a parent, yeah. here's the next truth. Oh, yeah. You are going to raise your children in a dysfunctional home. But you don't know my intentions. <laughs> <laughs> you have been in my home. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I'm not attempting to be uh, offensive or cruel, mm-hmm. but... Let's just deal with the reality here that if we're using the term dysfunction to mean not perfect, perfectly functioning, Mm -hmm. then you are someone who is incomplete. You're complete in Christ, I recognize. Mm -hmm. But you still have patterns that you have walked in, things you have seen, Mm -hmm. and you're going to parent, and there's going to be gaps still Uh in how you parent. There's going to be things that, Years down the road, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have done this yeah. instead. That's true for Heather and I. There's things we've learned you know, over the years. That we thought, man, we should have done this. Wish we wouldn't have done this. But as much as possible, we've attempted to be honest about those, even with our kids, while they're happening, and then later after they happened. Mm-hmm. And again, just because you raise your kids in a dysfunctional home, it's not like... Therefore, you're a terrible parent. Therefore, you're not a Christian. Therefore, no. all these things. No, that's not the case. Right. It's a fact of life. Like You're going to raise your kids in a way in which you cannot meet every one of their needs. Yep. And you cannot be um, fully, perfectly functioning mm-hmm. in a home setting for a reason. There's a reason. That's the thing. It's not like we're just being like, and everyone's just terrible. <laughs> you're like, all no. rotten sinners, right? Yeah, exactly. That's not the point. Here's the deal. You will have gaps in your parenting just as your parents had mm-hmm. gaps in their parenting. And there's a reason that's true. It said for the gap, because in that gap is where your children will learn to trust Christ. Exactly. And sadly, the worst part is that gap is going to come probably in your weakest part mm-hmm. of your parenting exactly. skills. It will. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm just such a good relator to people. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the gap most likely is not going to be in the relational aspect, but it's going to be in that part that you're like, wow, this is my weakness. So Mm -hmm. come again. This is why we're talking about parenting from your weaknesses. Yeah. Because if you can be honest about that, then it can, you can help encourage your children in the gap, 
in whatever that gap is for you, um, whether it be sometimes it's a self-control issue or an anger issue or a time issue or whatever it might be, that you recognize the gap that you're honest about the gap Mm -hmm. and you point your children to Christ to fill in the gap because Christ Mm -hmm. is made strong in our weaknesses. And again, in all this, and you know, we will get to this as well, but I think the worst thing, one of the worst things that could happen through this is uh, you say, Hey, you know, you just need to have Christ fill those gaps in Mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm but I'm going to keep on just being me all the time. <laughs> so tough luck. No, that's mm, not what we're saying no, to you parents. No, no, no. What we're saying is in that moment of weakness, this is where God's strength is shown strong, right? Yep. That's where it shows up. And so we are to seek out even in our weaknesses. Yep. This is where God's strength is meeting me and rushing here. Yep. And so I now with demonstrating this, I'm going to teach my kids this as well. Yeah. So I think this may be even part of what Paul was trying to say in Ephesians 6, 4, when he said, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In other words, don't bring your children up in such a way that it frustrates them, that it creates uh, disinterest and uh, no desire to want to be with you or with God. Don't, don't anger them. And that can happen different ways. It can happen when we are overbearing. It can happen when we are too demanding. It can also happen when we are fake and are unwilling to be honest with our kids. And um, so that is certainly the instruction from Scripture is don't, don't create um, wrong desire with them. Don't cause them to hate the faith. Don't cause them to be anger and frustrated and filled with tension Let's be honest about some things. And so how do we do this? How do you, how do you parent from your weakness? Let's, let's take some practical steps here and talk about how we do this. Oh, yeah. So number one, I would say, remember that the end goal of parenting is to lead your children to fully rely on God and not you. That's interesting. Yeah. One thing I will say first is it's important to have an end goal. Mm. You know, that's the thing that just jumps off the page to me. Mm. Um, This idea of having an end goal in parenting, you know, not just like, well, we'll just take a day at a time and see how it goes. (laughs) Like, I understand that. And that is necessary at times. But in that, if there's no like, and this is what I want my kid to be like eventually one day, this is like, this is my greatest passion is to see them what? What's right. the end goal? And so again, yeah. the end goal being that they would not be fully reliant on you as the parent mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. but that they would be fully reliant on God. Yeah. That's the end goal of parenting. Yeah. It's a it's a curious process because, you know, you begin when they're born and they are absolutely, completely dependent upon you. I mean, for everything. 24-7. Yeah. They, they can't move. They can't feed themselves. They can't clean themselves. They only know they're sad, tired, angry, hungry. So yeah. they are completely reliant on the parent. And the parent assumes that responsibility. But the minute that they become a little bit mobile, the minute they become aware and can move their hand from the table to their mouth, yep. 
they start a process of becoming self-sufficient. Yeah. The minute they start taking a step, they're taking it away from you yeah. and they are walking toward an end goal of being independent from you. And that's yeah. what every parent should want. Yeah. Not just financially, not just socially, yeah. but to the place where they spiritually mm-hmm. and for their whole life are relying on God. That That is the end goal exactly. of parenting. Yeah. So this means... Uh, I have to change my focus. I'm not raising children. I'm raising adults. I'm I am yeah. adult oriented here because I'm I'm looking at the day they are walking out of my home. That they are they are completely independent. They have their own walk with God, their own strength, their own support, their own purpose, their own identity in Christ. This is my goal yeah. now. So. Uh, I'm I'm working toward that end. If we, if this becomes your goal, then now now you're bringing some function out of the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You're helping that situation for sure. Because again, in this, you're teaching them even to rely on God in the gaps of your parenting. Yeah. You know, it's it's not fully reliant on a dysfunctional system. Yes. Good luck. Mm. That's not going to last. Mm-mm. You're going to frustrate some people, mm-hmm. yourself included. Yeah. Right. But if you say, hey, fully rely on the greatest good functioning God ever yes. for everything in your life, yes. now we're talking. There's yes. some stability there. Yes. You know, As stable as your home may be, there will be dysfunction in it. And that we're not to put our trust in a dysfunctional system. Right. Or in ourselves. Exactly. Or they in themselves. Yeah. So um, th- this is every parent's goal um, to help your child grow up, not just to be able to pay their bills and function and hold down a job and, and have stable relationships. That's great and all. That's nice. But to be able to rely on God, because in every one of those that I just mentioned, they're going to have gaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to have their own needs mm-hmm. and they will need the strength of faith in Jesus Christ to make it through that. So the way, the primary way you pass that on to your children and help them in that is by showing them how you trust him in your gap. Yeah. Personally and your parenting. So yeah. this is where we start. We have to remember this is our goal. But with that, number two, then what do you do? How do you how do you walk some of this stuff out? You take time to pray with your children. Mm-hmm. Now I remember those early days of praying with the kids when they were very, very young and it's important to pray for them alone without them, but it's also Im- important to pray with them, to he- let them hear you pray. And I get it. If you've come from a home where there wasn't a lot of that, that can feel awkward. You feel like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to look foolish. Well, guess what? That sincerity, that vulnerability will speak louder than your fumbling. You might fumble through. You might you might not even be able to complete a sentence in praying. Yeah. But that kind of sincerity and genuineness will communicate volumes to your child. Mm-hmm. Here's me relying on God in my weakness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where I have uncertainty. Yes. That's just modeling this behavior of when I'm uncertain, I pray. Yes. Whenever I'm uh, unsure of which direction to go, Ooh. I pray. Mm. You know, it's just consistent mm-hmm. to where in their life now and they're 14 or whatever, yep. even six years old, and they're yep. uncertain about what's ahead. They yep. pray 
Yeah. It's good. And then when you pray, pray with them about needs that you have. Now, I get it. You want to be uh, relevant. You want to be careful. You want to put out there what's appropriate for the age level. But, hey, by doing that, you're, again, now you're parenting out of your weakness to your child to say, you know what? I, I depend on Christ. Yeah. And I have to. And here's one. Would you pray for me in this? Would you pray for me that I'd have self-control? Would you pray for me that I would uh, remember to fill in the blank, whatever? Pray for me. That's a powerful thing to show your child, I need you to pray for me. Let them hear the needs that you have. And this shows them, hey, they, they're real like me. They have needs like I do, and I, I'm going to pray for them. This puts, yeah. you're the parent already, so you kind of have this, you know, hierarchical position. Yeah. But when you're praying like that, now you're coming alongside them and they see you as another person who trusts Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's something they will want to do then as well. Yeah. Um, and then next I'd say, talk to your children about how you have relied on Christ in the past. Let them hear your story. Let them hear your yeah. stories of when you were a child or when you were young or when you didn't rely on Christ and what happened Let them hear the stories of your life. Those stories are important. Uh, The stories of what it was like at at their age, but also more specifically about when you did trust Christ, what that was like. Maybe you have memories of being in church. Maybe you have memories that your parents told you about their faith. Pass those on. That's important for your children to hear where you trusted Christ, but not just in the past, but in the present. Where are you relying on Christ now? Yeah, this I understand maybe is one of those that you're waiting till your children are five, six, seven, eight, twelve, fifteen, whatever. <clears throat> but man, you want to talk about transformative? I I love passing on stories to the kids and grandkids about, hey, here's Noah, here's Moses, here's mm-hmm. Paul, here's Peter. But I also want to talk to you about where God has worked in me. Because those, those are the real life things. Yep. Those are the real life matters that, that they can relate to and they can see. And especially when it's out of your own areas of need or weakness. I'm trusting Christ now because of this area I'm walking. Because I can sometimes be nervous. I can sometimes be worrying. I can sometimes be um, loud. I can sometimes be lack of self-control. I'm trusting Christ. I can sometimes have doubt. I can, I'm now trusting Christ. And, and here's where it is. I'm trusting Christ in this truth. Yeah. Here's and, a, yeah. I was going to say, whenever <clears throat> they see that, like, wow, my parent has a weakness and they are choosing to <clears throat> trust God to help them in this weakness and then they see that prayer answered as mm, well, mm-hmm. and they see the change happening. Yeah, I mean, all that's doing <clears throat> is just confirming, wow, the reality of God is powerful. Yes. He uh, has the power to change my dad's fill-in-the-blank, Yeah, to change my mom's fill-in-the-blank. Yeah, because wow. if not, you're presenting a false perspective to them. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to church and talking, they talk about God there but not in your home, well, then you're you're communicating entire message in yeah. that. You're saying that stuff is not relevant or real to yeah. our life. Yeah. And it doesn't help in our areas of weakness because they see your weaknesses. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
exactly. <clears throat> the next I'd say in how you how do you practically live this out is let your children hear you engage in worship. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, a lot of adults, um, again, they want to hide their weaknesses and they say, oh, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. You know, I, I get all that. But um, there's something about a child hearing and seeing their parent sing and engage in worship that has power to it. To say, here is, here is the adult that I have trusted, <laughs> that I listen to, and they are, they are engaged in worshiping God. They are submitting themselves to an even higher power. And this, I hear it in their voice. I hear it in their passion. I hear it in their, their love. And that's, that's powerful. So whether it's at church, whether it's at home, whether it's in a car, whether it's with friends, them hearing you sing or talk about the songs that mean the most to you or a worship song that you love, man, that's powerful. That's showing, again, out of my weakness and need, I am worshiping. You are passing on to your children what it looks like to love and for uh, that love be received and felt in your weakness and for Christ to be strong there. Absolutely. You know, you think about, like, some people would, would hear that and say, oh, well, I just don't know about, like, that really impacting my kids. And it's like, well, you just think about sports for a second, mm. you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about the diehard generations worth of cowboy fans mm. here in this area, obviously mm. true, you know, of people who grew up, you know, Oh, I'm just a Cowboys fan. Cause not just, but mm-hmm. I'm a Cowboys fan. Cause my parents are Cowboys fans. Or yeah. if you meet the, <clears throat> the rare Steeler fan in this area. And it's like, why are you a Steelers fan? It's like, well, right. my parents are Steelers fans, you know, it's it's true. because they have <clears throat> devoted their time and energy and efforts and they, mm. they're consistent with it to where it impacts a kid at such a young age. And they're like, oh yeah, at age four, I was a Steelers fan because my dad was, and he mm. devoted time to it and all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> so, you know, kids obviously are very perceptive of like what is important to you. And yep. so if you are depicting that, Hey, we better book it from church early mm. on this Sunday because we got to go back and watch this Steelers game. It's like, well, I mean, what are we communicating here? Yeah, exactly. You know, <clears throat> like what, what, what is taking priorities in our life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, that's, that's a different subject, but I'm just thinking of <laughs> what, what you're engaging in whenever you're worshiping a thing, you know, you're yep. devoting time to this thing and you're talking about this and it's really impactful to mm-hmm. you. And, you know, you think about in church, if you are singing with your hands raised and all that stuff, mm. there's like emotions connecting and these words are impacting you. Yep. Your kid might just ask, hey, why are you doing that? Right. In a great way. And you yeah. can say, let me tell you why that song is so impactful to me. It yep. just opens up so many conversations. That's true. Well. That's true. Which kind of brings to our last point today that yeah. your vulnerability will open the door to the place where your children will rely on Christ. It's just, yeah. that's how it's going to play out. Your your willingness to be open and honest will open the door. It'll help them see this is how you do this and this is why you should do it. So that kind of honesty is valuable. It's essential in raising children. And this is, this is what it looks like to parent out of your weakness, mm-hmm. to show where Christ is strong there, just, just as Paul said. Um, Paul said, um, I will boast in my weaknesses. He yeah. said, because what 
What Jesus said to me was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You're not going to go wrong by being vulnerable. You, you, you'll go strong (laughs) by being vulnerable, by sharing your weakness. And this, this will cause faith to leap off of the page and it won't just be a Sunday subject for you or for your children. This will cause faith to be something that's talked about at home. This will cause faith to be something that's discussed in a relational context, which is where it comes to life. So, um, this is uh, Heather and I attempted to practice these, not always the best at it. Uh, Attempted to show these to our kids, not always perfectly. And this is what we encourage parents to do here at Vertical. And that would be our encouragement to you as well. You're, uh, you have an end goal that God has given you to raise up your children, to help them see, here's how we walk and follow God by faith when we walk in the way, when we lie down, when we rise up in all those areas. And so it's our, it's our prayer that you'd find strength even in your weakness and see Christ work there. So thanks for joining us today, whether you're listening or watching. And uh, come visit us at Vertical Church Ovilla. Come see what God is doing here while we keep lifting them up and living them out.